A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Shiny, happy people laughing, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. West Brom got gubbed at West Ham a fourth. It's Wednesday, 27th of January. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushin Hunteraja. Welcome, one and all, to your wonderful Wednesday. Gentlemen, how the dickens are you? Lovely to see your shiny faces on Zoom, Vish. Yeah, cheers. I think it's my um, my forehead. I've got quite a shiny forehead, I've realised. And because of the way I've had to light this, it's kind of propelling off and, um, yeah, straight into the camera. Uh-huh. It's a little bit yeah. like an eclipse. You shouldn't look directly at it, so I'm going to block it off for a little bit. Uh-huh. Whereas a sexy man like you, Jim, we should look directly at if you want to, yeah, I'm not going to blind you. Although, um, on foreheads, I've got more forehead than I've ever had. And it's a shame that, isn't it? Because it's only going one way. <laughs> well, it's funny you mention foreheads, uh, gentlemen, because we saw two very prominent foreheads butting last night in the forms of Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Romelu Lukaku. Now, mm. my goodness, I was just sort of a bit terrified looking at that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there was some unsavoury things said, uh, we don't know the full transcript, so in, you know we, we, there, there could have been something a bit nasty, which uh, prompted that reaction from uh, Lukaku. But Vish, essentially, who would you think would win in a fight between the two of them? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Lukaku. He was fuming. Um, he was fuming, and he put a look in Zlatan that I've never seen before. I agree. Yeah. I've never seen that from. from so I'm, I'm I'm all in on on Romelu for that one. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we all know that Zlatan's a black belt, isn't he? In uh-huh. I forget which martial art, but it isn't it like an honorary black belt, which is like it's not like an honorary <laughs> degree, is it? Like it's it, it's like if you're given an honorary <laughs> driving license without ever being in a car, it doesn't mean you're not a danger. Like it's <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> It's not what you want, is it? No, go on, it's not. Go on, you take them on. You're an honorary black belt. Yeah, I shouldn't regret that now. I left it at home. I don't have it here. Exactly. I just hit it people be, with it. It might be one of those martial arts as well that you need to be dressed in some kind of robe to fit. Like, you know, you know, judo. Judo only only works if you're wearing the judo outfit. Is yeah. that right? You can't, can't really grab someone's lapel and fling them over your shoulder, can That's you? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's like a Steven Seagal one where it's just it's just not really a thing. Yeah, or maybe you should only get into bother with kind of older uh, sort of military types from from bygone eras because they've usually got lapels, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe the, maybe the honorary belt is something like he can he can only fight a Welshman on London Bridge. Maybe that's what it means. <laughs> that, be Whatever it. it is, it's going to be no use against an absolutely fuming Romelu Lukaku because he just <laughs> yeah. looked uh-huh. just so angry. Yeah, he did. So yeah, angry. Yeah. And had the last laugh, of course. Of course, yeah. Had the yeah, last laugh. Yeah, he did. Did you also notice that no one else got involved? Yeah. Because we're, like, we're not going to be able to stop this. We've just got to, yeah. We need to get out of the blast radius. <laughs> That's all we need to do. Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah well, that, yeah, I, I, I think that was a very, very wise thing to do for everybody else. Um, uh, but that Christian Eriksen free kick to win the game. Lovely. Lovely stuff. Um, anyway, gentlemen, let us talk about English football. 
if we can, uh, where Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Romelu Lukaku were teammates once upon a time in the Premier League, of course. Uh, but we're going to talk about a different United. West Ham United, they beat Crystal Palace 3-2 at Selhurst Park. They're up to fourth. They're yeah. up to fourth, Jim Campbell. It's quite impressive. They are the team that has just been going about their business in this mad season when we see some of the big teams not doing very well or the old funny result and then... The likes of Man City, as we know, just sort of blasting teams with the oh yeah, they're coming back. But little West Ham, they're they're in the Champions League spot. Yes, yeah, they are. And it's, you've, I've got to say, you know, a lot has been said about David Moyes on this podcast by me specifically. <laughs> um, and I, I, he, this season, he has swapped that ferry for a hovercraft. Yes, like he's. <laughs> And I say a hovercraft because I do feel like he could at any point delve uh-huh. back into the river Styx yeah. uh, and f- and ferry you know his teams back towards the land of the dead. But um, he's just having a lovely time back on the land, isn't he? Yeah, just, I mean, there's a, some of the teams around them do have a, a game or two in hand, you know. But still, yeah. it's impressive, Vish. They they have they because again, I think with West Ham, people will probably feel that think of West Ham as a very sort of mid-table type side. But and, and David Moyes uh, has not had the best of times really since leaving Everton. You know, you 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 could say, but we we're seeing Moyes. You know, way he's kind of conducting his side. Maybe sort of back to his best. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that yesterday. Can, can we say that? I, I probably think we can actually, considering that David there's... Moyes is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Come on, yeah. But there's there's also the thing of you know West Ham are just a perennial basket case, aren't they? Yeah. And it really, I, I think his lowest ebb for me was when he kept West Ham up. Mm-hmm. And they were able to bin him off because he had nothing in his contract to stipulate an extension if he did the job that he did. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like it, it sounded like at the time that he was a, he felt like a bit of a mug because mm-hmm. of it because he just kind of assumed that there'd be some kind of gentleman's agreement that he would be allowed to continue on, mm-hmm. and obviously that wasn't the case. So when he came back, he made sure to get some kind of stipulation in there that he would either get some kind of bonus or get some kind of extension mm-hmm. and. You know he's yeah he's done remarkable things with that squad, which at times looked a bit you know front loaded, looked a bit uh-huh. bloated with all their attacking players. And the thing that you know we can always talk about him and how he gets the most out of you know some of the local players because that's certainly something he's tried to do wherever he's gone around. I never thought he'd be able to get people like Lanzini on side, Yarmolenko on side mm. through not playing them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. he's been able to get them to buy into this thing, and they've they've come up trumps from throughout because he was used he seemed to rely on like a certain through core players but everyone's pulling in the David Moyes direction now is, is he still delivering the meals on wheels that's what I want to know because he was doing that during <laughs> lockdown he's just he's just busy he's always he's always serving yeah. others Jim and that is a good thing for a manager he's not self-serving just, I think you, just you getting always. about there <laughs> yeah exactly always organizing you know trying to get yeah. the best out of people I mean West Ham are the form, if so I was just gonna say West Ham are the, one of the form teams in the league Man City obviously would be the form team, but they've won the last four. And only Leicester City, Manchester United and Man City have won more games than them this season, Jim. Remarkable. It, it's really impressive. I mean, can, could we be looking at a situation where come the last day of the season, it's just been changing and changing and changing as it's doing at the moment and this churn no. keeps going and no one's top for longer than a day. And then West Ham, God. David Moyes' West Ham, Pitbully going to socialise Man United Jim on the last day. Could Campbell. you imagine? Now, Are they people, on the verge, Marcus? People have a little silly 
wink and a smile and a V sign at me for when I talk about Leicester City. But there is a genuine, uh, you know, Leicester City have won the league in recent years. And, and Rodgers, yeah. as we know, has won league titles at Celtic. But you're suggesting West Ham are on the verge. This is this is the kind of thing that I can get right behind. <laughs> I love a bit of speculation about this kind of stuff. Well, she... well what I am saying, sorry, is to, yeah. to cut back in, Marcus, is that the floor I is really... I really don't want anyone to pull away. I'm glad City won last night because it doesn't. It means that it's going to stay tight for a bit, and I hope this keeps going so that, yeah. so that the, the, basically so that the possibility of somebody like West Ham or Everton or Villa like sneaking in once all those games in hands are sort of shuffled about <laughs> remains alive for as long as possible because <laughs> we we do have a title race. It's a beautiful thing to see, but quite often, you know that that kind of you know, it evens out by the end of the season, doesn't it? But like, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving this lack of consistency from most teams apart from City that we'll come on to, worryingly. And uh, I just want, I want it to carry on. It's really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, this is what some other, not so so much the top flight leagues, but some other leagues do have this quite regularly. But I think with Liverpool romping the league last year, uh, I mean, obviously it was a nice title race that went right to the wire between Manchester City and Liverpool but to have a number of teams in there Vish including Manchester United is, is quite novel but Vish do you think West Ham can do it? Do you, sorry you legitimately just asked me do I think West Ham can win the league? <laughs> Do you know what? That's I, where, I thought, Jim, where, Jim, I thought I'll, I'll chuck him at you tonight and I'll try, and, I'll try and blindside him see if we can get him to answer this yeah. seriously Do you know what it is? They're like if Liverpool ran away with things last year as you said and they were almost like the dad of the Premier League yeah, yeah? and now what you've got here is you've got you've got a top part of the table there which are like a load of kids mm-hmm. walking around a shopping market a supermarket without their father yeah. a bit lost uh-huh. some of them are getting into like the good <laughs> stuff some of them are just crying yeah. as I've done when I got lost in Woolworths many years ago some of them are spending money unwisely <laughs> yeah exactly and it's just it's just a battle of the toddlers, really, isn't it? I like you can't really trust anyone in there yeah. to to do anything apart from as you as uh, Jim mentioned earlier, Man City. But no, I mean, obviously not. <laughs> like I should categorically say they're not going to win the Premier League. Okay. And then I could also say, why not? Just to cover myself because this is, <laughs> as we said before, this is I can't get a hold on this league at all. So yeah. why not? So you're basically saying it's unlikely, but they might. Yeah. Which which goes for pretty much every team in the league. Uh, well, fair it's, enough. Apart from Newcastle. Yeah, that's... Apart yeah. from Newcastle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's worth um, looking at West Ham's performance as well because yes. Mikel Antonio, obviously, he hit the post twice. He had a chance that was very well saved by the goalkeeper. Like I know people say this a lot, but he, it, on another day, he could have had a hat-trick. It was absolutely one of those days. And they were really, really good, West Ham. Like Especially the way they responded to going 1-0 down. They Even even when they went 1-0 down, they never looked like they weren't going to win. There's a seemed... confidence teeming through them. It seemed to me with Antonio that, that every shot on goal he had against Palace seemed to be trying to, to redirect a poor shot from another teammate. And I, thought <laughs> yeah. to myself, I thought to myself, take a little bit of pace off that and actually pass the ball to him. He'll have a right good go. You know, like, you know, what, <laughs> what, what a weapon that is. <laughs> it's a Just, team full of cloggers, but you've got someone who can correct them before they, before they go wide. <laughs> well, he was so close to correcting it as well, uh, you know. But, um, but David Moyes has said they haven't scratched the surface of their potential yet. I mean, come on, Jim Campbell, I, I'm with you. I think I think West Ham are right in there. And with, with Thomas Suchek seemingly uh, being this goal yeah. machine. This uh, marauding defensive midfield goal machine. Exactly. Who saw that come in? He didn't. And, well, I don't think anybody did. And uh, and with Vish, with, with, with Jesse Lingard possibly going to join the fray. I mean, imagine that if Jesse goes there and snatches the... Uh, 
the potential of a title off Manchester United and hands it to West Ham. Like it's, it's absolutely mouthwatering, quite frankly. Can I mean, can you think of a, a player that they need less? <laughs> like, I mean, I like I, uh, Jesse Lingard gets a, a lot of stick, and I think he's a better player than people. Um, yeah. Yeah, remember yeah, yeah. him being but I, I don't see that he's a good fit for West Ham and I think I he could it, get a move to a lot of teams in the, in the Premier League but that one seems an odd link to me I thought it was quite funny when people were saying uh, uh, there was apparently there was a lot of clubs who were sort of initially interested and then and then uh, uh, they sort of they, 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 uh, they're not really too sure like were they sending out a, 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 like a little sort of DVD of that goal against Panama in the World Cup and everyone was like <laughs> what oh that's a bit tasty have you got have you got any more footage of him? I, uh, yeah. Are you, I inter- are you interested be... or not? <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> yes or no. Uh, I think he um, he he had his moments with United when when United was struggling to play a bit more directly. He was quite good at, at doing that through the middle. There was obviously the game at Arsenal, um, which is probably his highest moment again, and it came in quite a big period with with United doing well at that time but I, I think he'd be doing right he'd be he'd be great for social numbers as well he's very mm. very hot on that Instagram well and that's what it's all about shirt sales and social uh, content of course um, gentlemen let's go on to a side who perhaps have more uh, realistic title ambitions than uh, West Ham United it's Manchester City uh, I, I mean Pep Guardiola of course called Sam Allardyce a, a genius before the game then they turn up and win 5-0 they were 4-0 up at half time yeah yeah, uh, like, I think I think Sam Allardyce will be pissed off by with Pep calling him a genius. Like, I think yeah, he'll does, just take an offence somehow, Jim. Does genius mean prick in Spanish or something? <laughs> like, is, is, are we missing something there? Like it's <laughs> easy to work out. What prick. a what a mugging off. <laughs> He's a, yeah, I, 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 they, no I mean, idea. they're going to win the league, aren't they? I mean, seven wins in a row now. They've got, I yeah. think they've got Sheffield United next as well, who must not be relishing that uh, yeah, prospect. But the, and, but, uh, but the way this league's going, Sheffield United will win that 2-0. You know? Yeah, that's yeah the you, never, you don't know, do you? But I think they are fantastic, but obviously the the, the big Brom kind of project, as, as we've said before, it just doesn't seem to be um, get, getting into life, does it? As soon as they've they sort of had moments, a little bit though. of a decent performance. Yeah, but then they have a setback straight away, don't they? And it's, mm-hmm. and they, it's a hammering when it's a setback as well. It's 5-0 in this game as well. And the thing that really struck me about this was for pretty much every City goal, just how many West Brom players there are in the box. Uh, I know City yeah. are a special team, but like <laughs> if you've got your whole team defending in the box and you still concede five goals, so, there's a communication issue somewhere, isn't there? Someone's not doing their job. Well, I also thought that I think for it seemed to me in the first half, Manchester City just kept placing the ball in that same corner to the keeper's right. And I was like, have someone stand on the post for crying out loud. They've done it three <laughs> times. Through the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Just have a defensive wall for the whole game. It's Don't like worry it. about your strikers. You're not using them anyway. <laughs> just do what, do what they do. You know what they do now between, uh, behind free kick walls where they have someone lying down? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. have loads of people lying down on top of each other. <laughs> That'd be about that's... six players, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I'd then be, you yeah. could put the five on the edge of the box. That's, Easy. The thing is, Vish, it would have made some sort of difference. But uh, <laughs> what about Gundogan? You know, he's... Uh, oh. One can often forget how good a player he is, of course, because we often uh, wax lyrical, rightly so, about uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who, of course, is out injured. And you think of the other players, they've got these Sterling, Mares, and so on. But but uh, Gundogan in there, just scoring for fun at the moment. Yeah. It's We're- tempting to forget with, with City, isn't it, how, um, how good some of those players are, because... 
I mean, if you look at Gundogan, Bernardo Silva's another one. Mares as well, as you've mentioned. In any other team, they'd be the team's best player. But as you say, they're kind of they are just sort of part of the part of the furniture at Man City, and it, g- it gives you a real indication of the golfing quality between them and a lot of the other sides. But yeah, it's, it's really nice to see a player like that having a period like this, thriving after having been there so long. But yeah, he's he's just driving them at the moment. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it is quite damning for West Brom, Vish, isn't it, at the moment? Because as, as Jim sort of says, it's the manner of that defeat, four 0 down at half time and going absolutely nowhere. Whereas it's, you're not that long ago, you know, got a credible point. Um, uh, Anfield, I know Liverpool haven't been brilliant of late, but still, you know, and uh, one or two other performances. But this just, there's a danger of it kind of wiping away any kind of confidence they'd sort of built up. And, and you saw um, Snodgrass in the, the post match, and he, he was quite damning, really, and rightly so. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that they could hold dear is the fact that, you know, like the top of the league, the bottom is, isn't particularly, you know, coherent. And I suppose it never is, really, regardless of the of what kind of times we're living through but yeah it's been it's been very disappointing if you consider the fact that you know Slavin Bilic seemed to just be turning a bit of a corner uh-huh. and I wonder if you know we, we talked about how Allardyce does do this he can keep teams up and he's very good at working within this particular situation but do you reckon there's something in the fact that they had just started you know getting to grips with the league under Slavin and then suddenly there was a change of management that it almost kind of negates whatever new manager bounce, quote-unquote, that you're going to get. Yeah, I think... I, I see what you mean, but... Like, if, if Allardyce is available and he's up for it, you know, he's done this many times before. I mean, that time when he got... 100%. Crystal, when he got Crystal Palace out of trouble, I mean, that was a hell of a job he did there. Yeah, and I suppose... Yeah, it's gotten to the stage now where maybe... In a, in a, in different circumstances, you can take a five nil pasting from City, can't you? Like yeah. if you know they they've been on such incredible form. I was looking at their their kind of worm, as it were, from, they, from when they were eighteenth when they had their last defeat. Sorry, thirteenth when they had their last defeat. Mm-hmm. And you may as well have you know had the backing soundtrack to Jaws when you look at the run <laughs> because it is absurd. <laughs> like, the wins and the scale of the wins and the yeah. way they've been winning. It's just uh, it's just inevitable. Yeah. Their their goal difference is very telling as well, isn't it? They're they're um, they're out in front for that, and it it is a sign that you know yeah. that this is this is the city we know and fear. Uh-huh, it is. They're well, playing. They're playing like they're angry, aren't they? They are. Yeah. They're, they're just, playing like they want to thrash teams. Like it's yeah. not about yeah. getting the result. It's about thrashing someone. What did you think of Mika Richards's comments that uh, that that Manchester City should sign Diego Costa to help get them over the line as a sort of a plan B? I like the idea because I'm not a Manchester City fan. I mean, I think there is... Uh, I get what he's saying, actually, but then the way Man City are playing right now... And again, Aguero's out and has been for a while. Now De Bruyne is out. You wouldn't you wouldn't know it. I mean, it might... I mean, yeah. he is a disrupting figure, so maybe not a good idea, Jim. I don't know, but Pep Guardiola can, uh, can weave his magic, I'm sure, on that. Um, but yeah, I think it, it is a... It's a bit out, of, a bit out of nowhere, isn't it? I think people are just desperate to put Diego Costa somewhere in the Premier League <laughs> so we can enjoy, you know, what he brings. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, you know, when they played De Bruyne as a false nine, that still works really, really well. And obviously there's Gabriel Jesus to cover for Aguero until he comes back. So I think this idea that, um, I don't know, <sighs> this idea that, like, Man City are a bit light up top is just a bit like, 
you know, like, oh, Richard Branson's feeling the pinch this month. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> they're not really, are they? Yeah, yeah I don't know. There's a heat wave in the Sahara at the moment. Yeah, I don't Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. All right, gentlemen. Uh, oh, sorry, Vish, you were going to say something before we went to a well, break. No, Go on, make it uh, good. Uh, make it good, Vish. Make it good. We've stopped, we've stopped the break. Go on, on you go. <laughs> Here we go. Vish has got little something noise, to say. Vish. Yeah, everybody really? be quiet. Vish has got something to say. Well, I was just going to say that, I've, for, similar to you, because I don't support Manchester City, I would quite like to see Diego Costa come in because it feels a little bit like when they dig out a monster from the deep to fight another monster. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, right, OK, we, we, this is the only person who's going to destroy this, someone who can destroy himself. So yeah. like, I'm all for that. Yeah, OK. Uh, right, that was a party political broadcast on behalf of the Oligana <laughs> Solskjaer party there, ladies and gentlemen. OK, <laughs> let's go for a break. <laughs> Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. This week at Sukarnov. On Wrestle Me This Week, we talked about the worst way to accept a Hall of Fame award. They were just trying to, you suck it. You suck, and then he pours milk over <laughs> your head. What is this? Pouring milk over yourself is absolutely something that, if you did it once in any scenario, people would never forget it. <laughs> we were just having Christmas dinner, and, and like, you know, he just poured <laughs> two litres of milk over himself. Or if you're more in the mood for some awkward anecdotes, Alex shared his experience with the cast of a Horizon on this week's Clash of the Titles. We meet Smitty, played by Sean Pertwee, a man who I bumped into in a bar having never interviewed and literally chewed his ear off, trapped him in a corner of a booth where he couldn't actually stand up and get away from me and talk to him incessantly about this film. Later on in the night, his wife said to me, Sean's outside if you want to carry on talking to him about Event Horizon. (laughs) (laughs) All that and more. I'm bored watching Newcastle. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Right, it's now time for emails. Just email show at footballramble.com Right now, so Peter, this truck, Peter, do us a 
It is time for emails. Um, and Billy Proudlock, fantastic name, oh, uh, yeah. has been in touch. And he says, on the topic of weird sledges, I was once at a Sunderland game. I think it was the last game of the season against Wolves about 12 years ago. And someone put in a really weak cross to the striker, probably Kenwin Jones. Good times. My fellow Sunderland <laughs> fan screamed, what kind of cross is that? He'd need the neck muscles of Godzilla to score that. I still think of those words every time someone puts in a rubbish cross. Now you will too. Yeah, it's very yeah. specific, isn't it? It's like he's been saving that. Yeah, he saved it and it's not really gone down well. Yeah. Also, Godzilla doesn't have a neck. Ah, uh, does he not? He's, I mean, he's, he not like Stig, he's, he's not like Stig Tofting, but he like he kind of like <laughs> goes into his shoulders, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he, I think he, I think Godzilla has a neck. Also, I thought uh, I've not seen Godzilla. I thought Godzilla was a she. Oh, maybe it is. Oh, she sure. is, yeah. Because she laid babies. Right? She laid eggs, not babies. There you babies go. came out of the eggs. Yeah. I right. think she's got a neck. That's what I'm going to... I'm going to put me neck so, out. Yeah. <laughs> Does Godzilla have a neck? That's, <laughs> that's where we are today. It always happens on this show. That's <laughs> what this season's doing to <laughs> Let us know. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'll tell you who does have a neck. Roberto Martinez. Not yes. that one. Oh. Who sent in an email. Ooh. I coach an under-18 team in the States and have been with them since they were 12. When I joined, I noticed that our corner strategies were severely lacking, mainly due to our players being on average a, a head shorter than the opponents. To fix this, I instructed our smallest player... <laughs> to fix this, to st- I gave them legs. <laughs> <laughs> to fix this, I instructed our smallest player to stand in front of the, op- the opponent's goalkeeper and ask him simple questions like, what school do you go to? And make friendly conversation. <laughs> this friendliness seemed to catch opponents off guard and yeah, ended with our yeah. team scoring a club record 17 goals from quarters that is, last season. That is Big Sam, eh? Vintage Big what? Sam. One game, an opposing, co- opposing coach angrily accused me of underhanded tactics, to which I simply responded, what did you have for dinner last night? Love and that. Walked away. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's thinking, that's oh, great. Like had uh, roast chicken. Hang on a minute. Oh. <laughs> wow. Where's he gone? Yeah. That is it. Do you know? Also, I love that it's a team record. Like 17 goals from corners. Like, are you keeping that sort of level of detailed statistics on your I think he's assumed, under 12s? I think he's assumed that's a, a team record. I think he's just gone, yeah, under must 18s, be. Under 18s, Must be, yeah. I, I love this. I think... I, I was... I think Ian Wright used to do this when he was uh, a player. He used to kind of... He would get involved in some aggressive... Uh, a chat, shall we say? We, we we certainly remember all that sort of stuff with Schmeichel and so on. But but sometimes Ian Wright would kind of chat to people, go, oh, "How are you getting on?" Doing and they'd be like, "Yeah, fine." Then phew, he'd be away. Yeah, the, I think we've mentioned this before on on the podcast. But for those uh, who have not been around uh, as long as some other listeners, uh, he said that two players, Sol Campbell, would never. He was just like a poker face. Like just just mm. never responded at all, and he said he would try and try and try as much as he could, but Sol Campbell would just no, it wouldn't bat an eyelid, and he said it would really wind him up. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, the other one was Des Walker, and he said Des Walker was used to do this amazing thing where he would like talk you through the game like in a really quite sort of arrogant but like really sort of kind of avuncular type way I went right son so I just headed that out there I was just doing that I'm just shepherding you now oh you know and all this kind of stuff and he would he would he, he said he was he was very intimidating in that respect Gary Lineker said uh, something similar as well about Des Walker he was a great player yeah. though he'd effectively pundit you yeah like pundit yeah. himself <laughs> exactly while yeah, yeah, mugging yeah. you off it's brilliant yeah. whereas uh, uh, Michael Dubry said that uh, when he was uh, first playing in the league, he loved Ian Wright. You know, he's Ian Wright's idol, 
and he said that he was playing, I assume, for Chelsea at the time, and they were against Arsenal. And they were at a corner, and he was to mark Ian Wright at corners. And he was just like, oh, my goodness, like that's Ian Wright. And he was looking at him, and Ian Wright turned around and looked at him and went, what the f*** are you looking at, mate? Sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, just shattered this sort of, you know, image that he had. There's, oh, a, there's a story of um, a, an FA Cup game um, at Anfield where they, I can't remember who exactly they were playing. They were playing a team a few leagues below them. But one of the players was a huge Liverpool fan. And he was at a corner, defending, yeah. defending a corner um, in front of the cop. And he was marking Steven Gerrard. Oh. And he heard, you'll never walk alone. And he started singing along. <laughs> and Gerrard looked at him and said, what the fuck are you doing? And he just went, I'm singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's God. really sweet. Just to lose yourself yeah. in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Oh. oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Bloody love it. If you've got any Ian Wright stories or any stories about coaching under 18 side, then of course show at footballramble.com is the address. Right, gentlemen, uh, let's move on to Newcastle 1, Leeds United 2. Um, yeah, the Newcastle shooting practice before the match didn't bode too well. Uh, Vish, you, you sent this through on our WhatsApp. I'm sure other people would have seen it, but yeah, the, the Newcastle players like doing little shooting drills before the game, way off target. To be fair, it did go down the tunnel. Which is <laughs> an alternative goal, they maybe. Did, they did. Who are they trying to pick out? Antonio. You know, they don't have him trying to deflect their shots into the goal. Do they? <laughs> yeah, maybe they, they just need to adopt his pong approach and just get like loads of <laughs> deflected boards. It was so funny, wasn't it? Like you could argue it, for any other team, you might be able to argue that it was a bit of misdirection, just like oh. trying to make them feel more comfortable. But I mean, it wasn't, was it? And it was quite. It was actually quite sad. I thought yeah. it was like when you watch kids at half time, you're like, oh god, don't boo them, do not boo them. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. get the confidence up. Um, did you see the, the touching moment at the end, Jim, where Bielsa appeared to kind of comfort Steve Bruce at halftime? That full yeah, time, I mean, sorry. I did see that, but I think like I'd want to cuddle Steve Bruce. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's like one of the he's the cuddliest man in the land. So mm-hmm. I don't think it was necessarily comfort. I think it was more curiosity from Bielsa <laughs> thinking, is is hugging that going to be as nice as it looks? <laughs> hugging that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Big soft cuddly man. Yeah, it, it, it was quite strange the way he kind of put both hands on his shoulder. It was like he was studying a, you know, a team in the third tier of Argentinian football to check out their shape or something like that. <laughs> but uh, apparently, uh, apparently, Steve Bruce said he complimented us and said we deserved more. Did they deserve more, Vish? No, I, okay. I, I don't think so. But the um, I, I, I saw that game yesterday and I thought it would. It's, it was a very Marcus Speller derby. It could have a meeting of your two worlds of of bucket and bacon in one. <laughs> this is a reference to me once being a bacon boy, doing a bacon yeah. round. Yeah, how have you got yeah. that in there? Yeah, throw that throw that in as if it's so self-explanatory. Oh, it's just about me yeah. being a bacon boy. Yeah, exactly, fish. And then look, and he's trying to move on from it. How have you got that in there? Like, how have we got that? Why are we talking about this in every single show? <laughs> yeah. You used to deliver bacon in a bucket while wearing a little white jacket, like you're either a butcher yourself or a little yeah. scientist. Firstly, and firstly, what, that, that, what else so would you? Weird, Marcus. What, what am I to carry the bacon in? I don't know. I'm not you, a bacon boy You say boy like, oh, you had a bucket. Well, of course, cool, so I had to carry were you it. Just like, were you just lobbing it out? Just <laughs> lobbing it out like a newspaper boy, <laughs> like... slapping onto the wall, onto the door, yeah, just was... sticking there and sliding down. I was making it rain meat. <laughs> 
<laughs> slices of bacon air. Get that in, yeah. <laughs> Cook it first. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll tell you what, though, if you're hungover and someone just chucks you a packet of bacon, you would love that, wouldn't that person you? With, like, yeah, an angel. That. Came straight to your door, smoked or, or, or unsmoked, with the, with the this? choices. <laughs> Who is this small little scientist angel at my door <laughs> flinging bacon at my mouth? And why doesn't he think this is weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing in the community, everybody. That, you know, everybody, everywhere has their quirks. I wonder if the old bacon... Do get in touch if you're in the Edinburgh area. See if the old bacon round's still going. It's a great idea, I think. You don't question the milkman, do you, Jim? No, he's, not, he's not. He's not but lobbing bits of bacon at you, though. I wasn't lobbing. I yeah. had to turn up like <laughs> that's one pound. It was one pound. What was it? One pound forty-eight for unsmoked. One pound fifty-two for smoked. They were the prices. How, how many would you get in there? Oh, the, the normal pack. Sort of six or eight uh, rashes. It's pretty good, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was bad. in the 90s. That's why the prices were like that. That's why they were being delivered from a bucket. Yeah, bacon. <laughs> what, what, what am I to hold the bacon in? A cool bag? A cool bag. I don't know. Yeah. One of those know. big delivery bags. Just why a bucket? Yeah, Well, exactly. uh, a cool bag was £1.48 and an uncool <laughs> bag. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, let's go back to Steve Bruce, if I may, gentlemen, if mm. I may. Uh, that was his 450th Premier League game uh, and his 200th loss. So half of them, more than half of them, he's not lost. So, you know, credit where credit's due, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> do you not think yesterday, we've we've mentioned it a few times, but the thing you do with Leeds United, if you can, if yeah. you've got the fitness to, is basically try and play them at their own game because they're going to leave you spaces to do onto them what yeah. they're trying to do onto you. Yeah. And Newcastle seemed to twig that in the second half. Yes. And then they kind of lost their way again. So, well, I do mean, you think I've... it was a more encouraging performance from Newcastle? I mean, obviously, Bielsa said that they deserved more. You were quick to say, no, they didn't. But, I mean, a couple of chances. Well, no, I don't think it's encouraging based on what I just said because they're not going to play against a team who's going to let them do that to them uh-huh. again, are they? And they've, mm. they've blown their chance to do that well, twice now. Well, you're suggesting, and as I'm saying, this might be a fair suggestion that Steve Bruce might only have one or two ways of playing. <laughs> Um, but I mean, he's obviously looked at the opposition and tried to adapt, which you know, according to most Newcastle fans, is a step in the right direction. But then, I, but then at the same time, I don't think he he's done that. I think Leeds have coaxed that out of Newcastle. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Okay. And I, so I don't know if he, I, well, I don't think he'll be able to harness that and apply it to a different game. No credit to Brucey. All right. No. No. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, a man who does like his tactics is is Thomas Tuchel, Jim. Tommy Tuchel yes. is ridden into town. Confirmed Tuchel, Thomas the, Tuchel. Damn right, baby. Uh, he's <laughs> confirmed as the new Chelsea manager, of course, uh, on an 18-month contract. Don't want him staying around too long. Don't want another one of those payouts, do they? Um, right. Now, this is... So uh, telling, that, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Every this ma- is one of the most coveted managers in world football. Give him 18 months. Yeah. I see how he gets on. Well, I, I mean, the, the term interim manager, the first time we saw that was at Chelsea, wasn't it? Was it uh, Rafa yeah. Peters? Who's into every every manager? I mean, obviously you could you know say this about everybody, but everyone at Chelsea should just be called interim manager. Whatever you do, don't get too comfortable. Okay. Get them, yeah. Just get them to sign a prenup. If you if you're that <laughs> way, get them to sign a prenup. Yeah, I think that's definitely <laughs> yeah. that's definitely right. Um, Harry Redknapp though is quite uh, sceptical towards Thomas Tuchel's qualifications for the job, uh, and he wasn't happy with Gary Neville's praise of of, of Tuchel. <laughs> um, 
Not really surprising, that is it. I mean, who says he's a great manager? Winning titles at PSG in France doesn't make you a great manager. What does that prove? You're quite entitled to win the league in France when you're managing PSG. You're very entitled to win the, the title <laughs> yeah. when you're managing PSG. I mean, I, I do understand yeah. the point he's making, Jim. Obviously, at PSG, it's no huge uh, achievement. It's a, an achievement nonetheless, though. But he did get them to a Champions League final, albeit he in did. odd circumstances. Yeah, I mean, he did do a good job at, at PSG, even within the context of PSG, because that is what they crave, isn't it? And obviously they fell at the final hurdle, but they were playing the, the, the big red winning machine of, of, of Bayern bastard mm. Munich. So <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to get past them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harry's just sticking up for his nephew, isn't he? You know, it's like they're a tight-knit family. Fair enough. I, I quite like it. I think it's quite sweet, actually. I do as well, Jim. I, I, I think that a lot of people kind of think, oh, bloody... But I, I think, well... Yeah, I, I, it's to be expected. I mean, I think sticking up for your nephew while while diminishing someone else's achievements is a piss poor way to go about it. Quite frankly, um, we, we all do that. We all we all would do that, wouldn't we? If one of our mates, yeah. if one of our mates went through a breakup, we'd I'll slag off the other person all the time, wouldn't yeah, we? You deserve better. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. No, no, they, they'll realise soon that they're not better off without you. Yeah, exactly. He was probably he probably had him by his side because it was, it was on the phone to Sky Sports News, wasn't it? Obviously, um, he probably had Frank by his side. He's probably stroking his hair, giving him a bit of sherbet, being like, "No, don't leave our Frank alone." (laughs) Did you ever? Did your parents? Did you ever? Did your parents ever used to do that? If you got into trouble at school with another kid, never did. They'd cut. They'd (laughs) cut. They'd come in and like they. Yeah, you know they'd broken. I was going to say peace talks. It wasn't that bad. They pour sherbet dip dab down your throat. (laughs) No, yeah. but you know they—they're like you, you, the both sets of parents would have to meet, and like you know they, one would defend you, and the other would kind of defend happened? their kids. No, yeah, no, did I, that happen to you? I had that a couple of times, yeah. Although a couple of times, oh, fish, yeah, fish. Do tell, do tell. Although, although the set, well, I, I punched a kid by accident, and then I got by um, accident. Yeah, so my dad defended me. What are you talking about? The, was it like a fly on his face or something? You were like, oh, let something me sort like that out for yeah. you. Yeah. I was trying to wrestle something off him. I think he took my pogs or something and I accidentally like, clocked <laughs> right. him one. Oh, it, I, he started that. And you can yeah. admit oh, that yeah. you smacked him because he nicked your pogs. <laughs> um, I might have stolen them off him first, though. I can't, I can't quite can't remember. Believe him. <laughs> but the, then the second yeah, that, time it happened. very different. Yeah. yeah. So you nicked the his se- pogs and then punched him. I'm with the other guy. I'm yeah, team other right. guy. I'll punch you in a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, Marcus obviously <laughs> missed out on all this because he, he he was learning a trade in the in the bacon industry. <laughs> you know what? He could have done with you actually because bacon's really good for bruises. Yeah, I just face, hit him around the so. and, and the around the face with some unsmoked. That's yeah. what I'd do. But uh, the second time, the second time I did it, um, my dad <laughs> said, "Right, I'm beginning to think you're the problem here," <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> and he oh, didn't. Tu- he didn't turn up. So it was just the teachers, this boy, his parents, and me on my own. Oh, you had so, no. You had to represent uh, yourself. I did. Yeah. Yeah, because no one well. would. Not even your own father would represent <laughs> you. <laughs> Let's not open that can of worms. You irreprehensible thug. Um, yeah, see, well, Frank Lampard's so well liked, his uncle's stepping in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all stepping in for Frank. And he, and he can't blame him. He's, he's a beautiful man. But yes, Tuchel, I think that's what we were talking about. Um, 
He, yeah. uh, but also he did a good job at Mainz as well. I mean, he's he's clearly a good manager, Jim. I mean, that's you know. yeah. I mean, what I'm looking forward to is again him clashing with Pep Guardiola because uh, and one everybody of the else we do know about Thomas Tuchel is that he is a big football nerd, yep. um, which is obviously what Pep is as well. So it'd be interesting to see how they sort of clash together. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, it's a good appointment for Chelsea, isn't it? it yeah. It's it's. A lot's been made of the fact that he speaks German and, you know, Werner and Averts are German, uh, well, they're all German. And <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's as simple as that, but um, well, I'd be intrigued. No, yeah, be intrigued to see if he if he can get more out of those players because Chelsea have a squad, if you look at that squad on paper, that should be challenging for the title, really. It, it's, it is that good, I, I think, personally. So it'd be really interesting to see if he can get them sort of performing more to that standard. Yeah, Lewis Holtby, who played under Tuchel at Mainz, said he's a very passionate guy. He's got plenty of fire in his belly, mm. which obviously will uh, uh, appeal to Luke Moore and his legion of fans. Um, but uh, what, this is quite interesting. Uh, staying with Chelsea, but the Brazilian midfielder Oscar, who yes. played for them, he won the well, Europa League, he would have won the, the league, league title, maybe even a, a domestic cup competition, perhaps a league cup, perhaps. Uh, play for Brazil, um, many, many caps for Brazil. He says he wants to end his career at Chelsea. Still feels that there's a place for him at Chelsea. You can forget, he's only 29, and he's been yeah. in China since 2017. I remember a couple of years ago, us going, oh, yeah, Oscar, what a player he was. I, mean, I saw him score absolute peach against Juventus in the Champions League, where he kind of flicked it behind and curled it in at the top corner. He's a yeah. brilliant player. You in look fact, at his age now, Jimmy, you think, what the hell was he doing going so early? Yeah, I mean, because he, he was uh, he was actually linked to Juventus a lot, wasn't he? After that mm. game, he was he was absolutely one of the, a player that would not be out of place at, at a club of that stature. And I guess he he just took the money, didn't he? And I think you know, there's, there's a point where if that kind of money's on the table for you, you've got to look at your life and your family and think, I should, I, yeah. I need to do this. Can't um, carry on at minimum wage at Chelsea. Well, you know what I mean, though. If it's, <laughs> no, I know if, I've been a knob. <laughs> but if anything, if you're if you're at Chelsea and an offer comes along where you have to think about the money, that money must be like <laughs> yeah, life changing for is... generations of your family, <laughs> and that is something you've got to think about in a short career, isn't it? So well, and he'd, and he'd, he'd, already, he'd won trophies as well. So perhaps, yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that he's happy out there. You hear a lot of players go, go out to China and it doesn't work out because obviously the cultural differences are mm-hmm. so huge compared to a lot of other places. But yeah, it, it does seem like it's a shame that we're not seeing uh, what Oscar's got to offer in, in this phase of his career because I, I've, I've never watched a Chinese Super League game in my life. So I don't know if the standard is as low compared to other places as, as we're often made out to believe that it is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know... It's uh, it, there's a bit of outside out of mind, and I, I hope he does come back to to Europe at some point. But at 29, you wonder like, yeah. it, it's it's now or never, really, isn't it? And he's talking about how he doesn't want to go quite yet. So I can't imagine that like Chelsea will be wanting to give him a run out in his dotage. I don't I don't know if he's been keeping abreast of what goes on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fish, what do you think of that? I'd like to end my career at Chelsea. They're thinking, well, hang on, we want to get you in your in your pomp. Oh, he's a lovely player, Oscar was. Is. Yeah, he, he is. I wonder if this is just him trying to scratch an itch now that you know he's made mm-hmm. sizable amounts of money and maybe thinks, actually, I, I would quite like to go back into Europe and, and play that that kind of football. I mean, he's got a problem because I don't know that he's a German speaker. Yeah. So that that is a, that is a big issue. That is um, a big hindrance. 
So he's got to brush up on that, maybe a bit of Rosetta Stone. <laughs> I love um, how people have gone on about that. Just a, well, we need a German. Christian Gross is going, I speak German. No, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> way down the list of uh, desirable skills. But it is, it is part of us, like, it's part of us as a, as a football industry, isn't it? In that, like, we, we always look for little things here and there. So often it's like, oh, he's worked with this player. They're mm. probably best friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. like no, everything is so simplistic. Oh, he's, he's German. Oh, he's left-handed. Yeah. Is there more plenty of left-handers in there. He knows the club is is is, is a great one. I mean, obviously that has its advantages, but I'm pretty sure when Solskjaer leaves his post, whenever that is, um, Steve Bruce won't be considered. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> despite the best efforts of. Uh, uh, Ian Holloway say that Steve Bruce should have been given the job when Jose Mourinho was. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody love that. Uh, gentlemen, I'd like to just, uh, just have a quick mention for Ashley Williams, uh, well, now former Wales and, and Swansea defender, among many others, Everton as well. He's, he's retired. He's called it a day. Mm. Um, 741 <clears throat> appearances career appearances hell of a hell of a, a career he had and his greatest contribution i think to the world of football was not, it's not even the goal against belgium in that uh, in that knockout game in the euros it was the celebration it was uh, what was the guy the italian guy uh, in in 82 tardelli toto scalacci mm. toto oh no scalacci was good but i think it was was it tardelli with the tardelli, famous yeah. it was it was almost reminiscent of that it was beautiful stuff yeah, and he, he worked his way up, didn't he, Ashley Williams, yeah. as well. It's a, it's a really admirable thing when a player can do that. It's sort of worked his way up to captaining his country at the Euros as well, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, 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 no, very good. So uh, he, he'll be missed as well. We're going to finish, gentlemen, with a, with a story about another uh, uh, centre-half who's uh, retired from football. It's Daniel Agger. And everybody just calm down. Daniel Agger has clarified to us that he's not a Russian political activist which we were fooled for a bit because there was reports doing the rounds that Daniel Agger was due to come before a judge, if you pardon the expression, in Moscow yesterday after he was arrested in Russia because a man called D.M. Agger was jailed on Saturday <laughs> for taking part in a protest in support of the opposition leader, of course, all that sort of political ramblings going on in Russia. Did you see this, Jim? Yeah, I did. And I'm baffled by the guy's thought process because he's obviously aware that there's a good chance he's going to be arrested oh. if, you know, if he's at this protest because of how things are there at the mo- are there at the moment. But why did he think that Daniel Agger would get away with it? <laughs> well, he changed his name to to Agger in 2009. So his name yes. is Dimitri Kendrell. So he changed it so DM Agger is is obviously the the initials and i understand that but i don't understand why he thought that if daniel agger <laughs> was mean. doing that then he, he would just be they'd go oh are you daniel agger the former liverpool player oh yeah you're free to go yeah does well, he even look like daniel agger <laughs> according to the reports i'll read this verbatim he reportedly claimed he he was in fact daniel agger upon arrest before police realized his russian was too good and he looked nothing like him <laughs> Daniel, the formal. Can we have a quick Google? Yeah, no, that's not you. Piss off. Get inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. But I love this though. Daniel Agger come out and confirmed that he wasn't arrested. He said, "I'm in Spain." He said, "There's been a bit of confusion out there." I have never said there is only one Daniel Agger. Nicely done. Um, and now yeah. we know for sure that Daniel Agger mentioned in an incident is in Moscow is not me. I'm safe and sound in Spain. Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. I mean, Daniel Agger himself. He retired quite early. I think at the age of thirty-two. Yeah. 
Well, it's because he couldn't speak any German. He's fluent in Russian, isn't he? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he had the, I mean, well, I suppose he's, he's quite an interesting guy. He's got quite a few different business uh, interests. I think, oh, if my memory, uh, what was I reading the other day? Him and uh, some of his friends and family run a sewage company or something like that. But he also, like, there's a charity golf kind of, tournament thing that he sort of organises regularly. There's quite a lot going on, so you sort of think, ah. Is he in The Sopranos? I think I was going to say that. Waste management putting on (laughs) golf fundraisers. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen The Sopranos, but I'll take your word for that. It's just Daniel Agger speaking Russian. Is that what he's Italian? Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly an American. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, but the long and short of it is, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Agger, the Daniel Agger, is safe in Spain, so we don't have to worry about him. But we wish DM Agger all the best. My goodness, <laughs> yeah, he's going to need it. That's not going to be a fun situation. No. Even if you are not. Daniel Agger. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. Uh, before we go, everybody, a quick reminder that a brand new episode of Between the Lines is out today. It's an interview with 28-year-old Borussia Mönchengladbach assistant manager René Maric. Uh, a cracking interview with one of the most exciting coaches in the game. So go and give it a listen. There we are. On tomorrow's show, I'm back with Andy and Petey. So uh, do get your ears around that tomorrow. Until then, thank you very much, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you very much for Tushin and Karaja. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you tomorrow. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.